listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon, morning or evening, wherever you are listening from. Uh, you're listening to Unscripted, the film show with uh, myself, Cecilia. I'm joined this week by Lewis and Rachel, full studio. Uh, last week, uh, Rachel manned the fort by herself. Um, we we do Apologies. appreciate that. I, Thank I, you. Yeah, I apologise for that. It was uh, my anniversary last uh, last week. No need to apologise. I'm just apologising for our audience because I know I just sounded like a numpty. I don't so. quite think it was that bad, Rachel. You've uh, been doing this for many, many years. Yeah, but um, I also you- haven't done a show by myself for a long time. Not since the day that I was sick and I was like every two seconds coughing and I had to stop. It's very difficult to talk for an hour by yourself. Um, I remember I did one and I, I had to sit at home and time it all at home just to make sure I had enough content. Still didn't have enough content because you always end no. up speaking Faster. different paces and it's a bit uh, so yeah i thought bit. i had enough to stretch it out how, how long but did, i didn't how long did you go before you started playing music um i played two trailers <laughs> and then uh with 15 minutes left i was like okay guys i'm sorry but i cannot i, I thought i stretched it out but you did well that's you did pretty good well. isn't it so i usually, I usually bottle it in the first 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i could have been I, I think it's easy i remember doing the vibe which was a lot easier because you would do a little bit of talking mm. and then a song a mm-hmm. little bit of talking and then a song whereas our show is just talking now so it makes it really hard to stretch it out when you don't i i you know i think next time we're going to do some photos on the weekend blow them up into life size <laughs> Um, and then stick them onto pieces of cardboard. And then if one of us is not here, we can just put them there and then we can just, like, be talking. And we'll just leave little pauses where the other person's <laughs> supposed to speak. You know, it's interesting. That's it's very interesting, That would be it? very weird. Yeah. I was just um, – Cecilia caught me downstairs <gasps> just <laughs> just before we came up. I The whole drive here, I was looking at these two legs um, of Ooh. a spider – um, sticking out of my air vents in my car in my air conditioner, and the whole drive I was like eh, eh, because I just couldn't stand looking at them, and so I was sitting in my car trying to retrieve this horrible little spider, but um, and it was really gross. But it was just a daddy long leg, so it wasn't that bad. But it was, yeah, it was a horrible drive here. Oh, it was I, really I, gross. Yeah, just having those little legs sticking out. I know, yep. and Ooh. I had the aircon on as well, so because you know, like oh, daddy, they were little flapping, and I'm like. <gasps> Please be dead and just be moving with the breeze. Don't be alive and be like, wee, I'm enjoying this. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> so I don't have any. It's going to be one of those kind of shows. Okay. <laughs> Strap in. So uh, Chris and I got, you know how a couple of weeks ago I'm like, yeah, I got rid of two streaming networks and Cecilia's like, oh, you've got room for two more. And I'm like, uh, no. And, of course, I do. I've got I. Uh, Apple iPlay now. Is that know what it's called? Apple TV? Apple, Apple TV. TV. Mm. Yep. So I've got that one because I wanted to watch Ted Lasso. And ah. we also got Prime because um, there's an AFL series um, about, you know, the whole season last year. So Chris wanted to get that. And because we got Prime, we got to watch 
Palm Springs. Oh, oh nice. Oh my God, it's. Did you see it as well? I, after because Lewis, you, you Lewis and yep. Kat seen it a few weeks ago, and then you sent out a message saying how good it was. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna. And I've had Amazon Prime before, so I can't get it as a subscription. Mm. So I use my work email to get a free. Uh, um, don't say well, that. I shouldn't yeah. use that. I hope my work's not listening. So I did it too, just to watch Palm Springs, Palm Springs too. But um, did you like t- it? I liked it. T- tell me what I, I butted in. So you, no, you go uh, ahead and tell us what you I, think. I just really enjoyed every part of it. There's not one bit of it that I didn't enjoy that was like, oh well, this is rubbish. This bit's unbelievable, or I don't. I just the whole thing was excellent. And I, yeah, we won't give any of it away because it's it's way too good mm. to um to yeah spoil it for anybody. But um, I completely forgot. You know how you said um, there's a little bit just into the credits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about that. And so when when it happened, I was like, oh yeah, oh good, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> Yeah, so as soon as it came on, I knew exactly what you were talking about. We thought, how do they? Oh, okay. Yeah, I had the oh, same experience. I forgot to wait for the post credit. Are you serious? Oh, I did. I it's think. not post. Hang on, no, no, it's not post credits. It's like only like Mid-credit, thirty, yeah. maybe thirty seconds in, or like twenty seconds in. It's really not. We'll talk off we'll air. We'll talk off air about yeah. it. We'll talk I may off have seen air. It. I may not have seen because it. that honestly was the. Not the best bit, but I really was like, that's wicked, man, just wicked. Um, Yeah, so if you've got Prime or you want to give it a free trial, watch Palm Springs because that's all three of us that have said it was awesome. What did Mm. you think, Cecilia? I thought it was a good fun film. I really liked it because I think we've spoken about this so many times. It's so hard to be engaged with a film when you're at home because you're Uh constantly distracted by phones or chucking a load of washing on and all of these things. And I just wanted something really fun and just chill, Mm. chill to Mm. watch. And I felt like this was the perfect film and I just really enjoyed it. I felt it was a lot of fun and I think, Lewis might have mentioned this when he was talking about the film, but it's rare to have one of those kind of time travel uh, type films where you've got two people who are mm. in, kind of involved. Usually it's just one person who's trying to convince all their friends and family yeah. that something weird is going on. So I liked that there was two people stuck in this, yeah. this, and I like that it was at a wedding. Yeah, I love the dance part at the start where oh he's like God, dancing so over, good. and I just thought that was absolutely spot on. And the dance part when they're in the bar, when the two rock up, and it's been, you know, they they've just decided to give up, and they're just oh yes, yes, going yes, and they start dancing. <laughs> I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. There's some really great bits in it, mm. and there's, I think it's got enough like with time loopy films. It's got enough different that it makes it a a lot more interesting than the majority Mm. of time loopy (laughs) films that we've seen because I think it just kind of diverts quite a bit. And I really enjoyed Andy Samberg, which I don't normally. He's not like someone I'm like dying to see on screen. I just thought he was awesome. Mm. Yeah, he did a very good job in that Mm. film. Mm. So, but anyway. Fun film, fun film indeed. Shall we talk about the Oscar nominations since they've come out? Oh, there is one more thing you've got to watch on Prime as well. Okay. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, the, the cartoon Harley Quinn on Prime. <laughs> I showed you. I showed you the bit of the first episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's animated, but it's not for Bryce. <laughs> not for Bryce. No, definitely not. Um, no. Um, there's a kid, not in Bryce's cl- uh, class, but in um, one of the classes at his school. Her name is Harley Quinn. Oh. Not Harley Quinn, Harlequin. Oh. I'm like, should there be a space in between those two? Because Harlequin just by itself, 
Perhaps it needs to be like a little space. Yeah, yeah. Harley Quinn is the character's name. Harley Quinn is what she's based on. Yeah, yeah. there needs to – a bit of a space is required there. But anyway, it's – I just thought that was interesting. Hmm. Mm. Very interesting. Oscars in. Yes, Oscars. I should have got it up in front of my screen. Did you – do you have it in front I of do, me? I do. I do have the nominees in front of me. Uh, shall we start with actor in a leading role? Uh, we've got the nominees. Uh, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, a film I haven't seen, but I do enjoy watching Riz Ahmed. I believe this is uh, something that you can... The, the good thing that, um, about this year is because not everything's been released on the big screen... Mm. A lot of these things that have been nominated, you can actually watch on um, stream, some streaming services. Ooh, so, have to um, so down. with Sound of Metal, um, I did find it. It is on, uh, I think, Prime. Um, it is on Amazon and Prime Video. So we can actually watch it. We've all Excellent. got Prime. Excellent. So, yes. So Fantastic. Riz You've got Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, Anthony Hopkins for the film The Father. Gary Oldman for Mank. And Stephen Yen for Minari, which, uh, which is an interesting one too because this was the first... Uh, lead actor from a foreign film. Mm. Well, it's interesting because they keep saying that Minari is a foreign film. Yeah. But I think that's very debatable uh, just based on the fact it is about an, you know, a family in America. Mm. So, interesting. Ma Rainey Black Bottom is available on Netflix. Ooh, fantastic. So, you've got three uh, black actors. Mm. Um, one, Riz Ahmed. I'm not too sure what he he's... He is... Uh, I thought Pakistani, he was English. Uh, but I yeah. believe he's he is English, but originally from Pakistan, I think. Yeah. And then the guy from Minari is uh, Korean. Yes. Then you've got Anthony Hopkins, who I think is English. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then who was the last one? I got Gary Oldman as well. Also English. Mm. Very, very Far good. Far out. Are all of them English? <laughs> Chadwick Boseman's, Austra- uh, well, he's American. Mm. Um, but did who else? You said somebody, so we had Judas sh- and the... Oh, so Daniel, uh, actor in a supporting role, Daniel Kaluuya is nominated for Judas oh, yeah. and the Black Messiah. He is, of course, English as well. You've got Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, you've got uh, Lakeith Stanfield, also for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Paul Recchi for Sound of Metal. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. And that is for actor in a supporting role. So let's go through the oh you've 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 got the ones for actress and supporting I actor do. as well actress yes. in a leading role yep. you've got Violet Davies for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Andrew Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman Frances McDormand for Nomadland and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman uh, and actress in a supporting role Maria Bakalova for. Confucius, look there, very Borat con- subsequent movie film. <laughs> oh, this is because it's got a very, very long title, uh, Delivery of the Prodigy. Uh, yeah, it goes the on. The Borat movie. The Borat movie. I'm not going to read the entire title. Mm-hmm. Uh, title. You've got Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank and uh, Yu Jong Yoon for Minari. I do, I do want to read the whole title because it's do, awesome. Please, please, Borat Lewis. subsequent movie film delivered of prestigious bribe to American regime for make-benefit once-glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Beautiful. <laughs> I just looked at it and was like, whoa, I can't read that right now. I need time to process that. Sorry. 
I think that that takes over from that Jess, Jesse James film that you like so much. Oh yeah, the fascination <laughs> of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Mm. I prefer to say that though. Yeah, that one's a little bit easier to say. And then Lewis has the um, the story of Harlequin. What's the full title of that one? Because <laughs> uh, everyone's got their movie. Well, he, he needs to look it up now. Yeah. Um, if we look at international film, uh, we've got around uh, another round from Denmark, Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective from Romania, Qui Vadis Aidi. Uh, sorry, I'll say that again. Qui Vadis Aida, 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 uh, from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Mm-hmm. I just love saying that. And the man who sold his skin from Tunisia. Now, this film is actually showing at the French Film Festival, which is happening right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was one thing I wanted to cover off with the um, films that are featured in the best picture. We'll go through some of these because some of them are still out now and you can still go and see them. And others are available online Um through Netflix and, and Prime and whatever. So you've got The Father. That's coming out... Um, April 1st. April 1st. Mm. So that's Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins. Uh, did you guys see that one? Because it's... Yes. La- yes. Last weekend. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Good? Oh, I didn't see it. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about it. I think the... Good part about this film is the way it's filmed. Yeah, I need to mm. see this before it, before you talk about it. I think I'm just going to have to squeeze it in somehow. Judas and the Black Messiah is out now. Mank is available on Netflix. This is about the, I think, the author uh, or screenwriter from from the heyday, Citizen Kane sort yes. of era. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% sure on, on much about that film, but is it, it is available to watch on Netflix. Uh, Nomadland, which is still out. This is, I think, that one best um, picture at the Golden Globes, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Frances McDormand also... Possibly. Oh, there's just too many awards and I too know, many people and too many good films. Promising Young Woman, I hope it's still out. Uh, because it's phenomenal. Have you seen it yet, Lou? Not yet. Oh, my God, it's so good. I hope Cara Mulligan wins, honestly, and I hope... um, So Emerald uh, Farrell is... Or Fennell, I forget how... uh, What's her surname is, um, but I will find it in a minute. Um, She she wrote and directed this film. And And Emerald Fennell as well, isn't it? Uh, I think she's maybe done some yeah. some shorts. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. But she's been nominated uh, as Best Actress, sorry, Best Director, along with uh, Chloe Zhao, who did Nomadland. So you've got two females, three males. Um, but honestly, uh, Promising Young Woman is it's so far my favourite. It's pretty phenomenal. And that is out still at the moment. And you've got Sound of Metal, which I just announced was on Prime Video and The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is on Netflix. So you can actually access basically all of these um, before the Oscar, which Oscars, which are Sunday, April the 25th. So we're just waiting for The Father to come out on the 1st of April. And I'm going to endeavour to, I say this every year, I'm going to endeavour to watch them all. <laughs> it's, so, it's a lot. It's a lot there. It, it is a lot, considering I've only seen one of them, <laughs> Promising Young Woman. But um, 
you know, a couple of them are available, um, you know, through streaming services. So we'll see how we go. You have time. You have time. I have. And the, the Harley Quinn film uh, was originally it was called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One the, of One Harley Quinn, but it was then shortened to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Mm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's interesting to see in the Oscars as well this year the list of um, common films nominated through different categories there. Mm. And I think that was obviously probably to do with the lack of releases um, or potentially how good those films are that they're nominated for multiple awards. I'm not sure. But Mm. um, it does seem like a shorter list than previous years, which makes sense. Well, the best picture is definitely shorter than normal. What have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, so maybe not. It's (laughs) nice to see though because I remember we were a bit concerned about but the potential nominees for the Oscars mm. about a year ago, thinking, you know, what's they're going to be. But there are some really good films and good actors and actresses mm. on this. So I think that, you know, that's promising to me. Yeah, definitely. So. I think there's um, still heaps of, of great things. And then in animated feature film, we always kind of talk about this because you've got Onward, which is Disney, Over the Moon, um, I forget who made that, but I've also seen that one, Shaun of the Sheep, Farmageddon, Missed that one. Soul, which I've seen, another Pixar film. Uh, Yes. And then Wolfwalkers is the only one I've not seen in that lot. And I'm going to have to say the winner for me would probably be Soul. Yeah, I'd I'd say Soul definitely uh, out of of that list. I mean, Onward was great. It was really fun. But towards the end, I was sort of getting a little Mm. bit bored. So Interesting having two Pixar films going against each other. Mm. Oh yeah, they are mm. both Pixar. Mm. Mm. That'll be interesting. They're yeah. fighting themselves. But I think I think just based on the material, Soul is a a much more adult animated feature as well. Uh, so yeah, definitely, I think uh, it's going to be the one that one to beat. Excellent. Plenty of Mm. great choices there. Mm. So what an interesting year it's going to be. I'm actually quite psyched to see who wins this year. I don't often get psyched about the Oscars, but I don't mind. And and we'll be able to watch it live. It's on the 25th of April, isn't it? Yeah. Which is a Sunday. Which is our uh, Australia Day. Oh, yes. Because it's 25th of April in America. Ah. Australia Day. Not Australia Day, Anzac Day. Anzac Day, sorry. Sorry, I'm a bad Australian. You are. Uh, uh, Anzac Day is Mm. on the the 25th, but I think we get the day off in lieu the next day. So so that means that we get to see the Oscars live, which we don't get to see very often. Yeah, a little bit exciting. I I am actually excited this year for the first time in a while and I think it's just because I feel like there's a lot more diversity this year Mm. and I'm... Just super excited for Emerald Fennell. I just, I, I really want, I, I'll be bawling my eyes out if she doesn't win something. So I think she will. But Honestly, I think you're so right as well, much. seeing so much diversity there. There's not anything in there that goes, oh, that's not really deserving. So yeah. you, you kind of think anything that wins in those categories is probably deserving. deserving. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I probably shouldn't say that because I mean, probably all nominees in past, future, present are deserving. No, no. There's been some that have won, um, like, uh, what did Gwyneth Paltrow get it for? Shakespeare in Love or something? I think so. Was yeah. that the one that she Not really cried is. in or was that somebody else? <gasps> yeah, she really cried. She was in a pink dress yeah. and um, she bawled her eyes up. So it's understandable. I would cry too maybe. Mm. Um, I don't know. But I was watching mm. some of the strangest Oscar moments. I don't know how I 
I think it was on Facebook and, yeah, just going through some of the strange ones. And I think Gwyneth Paltrow was in there and Nicole Kidman's strange clapping was in there. <laughs> yes. uh, Angelina Jolie's speech about being in love with her brother is oh in my there. God. I'm so in love with my brother and, <sighs> um, yeah, and then Jennifer Lawrence falling. Yeah. So there's been some interesting moments and when Moonlight, no, La La Land oh, got yep. announced instead of Moonlight and <laughs> things like that, so... Hey, we're all only human. People make mistakes, don't they? Ah, uh, that's right. I am. Um, that was one that I actually got to watch live because oh. because uh, I was home on maternity leave. So I was like, oh my god, I'm watching a real big thing happen yeah. live. So, <laughs> but anyway, shall we move on to um, movie reviews? We should, or should we take a small break? Do you think a bit early in the show and come back with two reviews? Or well, before we do that, the uh, there's something else big that's getting Ooh. dropped today. <laughs> oh my god, is it? T- no, oh sorry, I thought I thought you. I'm um, sorry. Go. You, you thought I was going to say Falcon and Winter Soldier, yes. which is going to be dropping tomorrow yes. on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. But no, what actually is dropping today on binge is the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. That's right. All four hours of it. <laughs> I actually knew this. Yeah. Believe so, it or not. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's uh, interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to actually watching it and just seeing what this is all about because mm. this is something that came about because the fans demanded it. Like, because mm. uh, you had the – Zack Snyder was the original director of Justice League but then because his daughter, I believe, passed uh, away, passed away yeah. he stepped away from the project. Joss Whedon uh, came in. Boo, uh, Joss. Exactly, and took over the directing role uh, and was a bit of a tool. And then uh, the, the film came out and everyone was like, oh, yeah, that was a film. Uh, and then uh, everyone started demanding to see the, the Zack Snyder cut because they think it would be better. Ooh. There was billboards. There was petitions. You know, they, they, they literally just forced the hand of, uh, of Warner Brothers and then the Warner Brothers got together and said, yep, let's make this happen and then gave Zach some more money and he filmed some more stuff because <laughs> there's no way he had like four, like uh, no. that much footage. Mm. And so, yeah, so now he's pieced together this four-hour epic of, uh, of Justice League. So there, it is there for you to see on Binge uh, and I will be probably watching it at some point over the weekend, I'm sure. And having some form of an intermission. Probably. I'm sorry, but no one's bladder lasts four no. hours. I just remember sitting through Endgame and that was like three hours and I was busting by the end. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's like when you've got a weak bladder and you you think, oh, no, I can have a Coke, I'll be fine. <laughs> You're never fine. Nah, nah. No, I, I chose not to drink anything during that whole movie. You dehydrated yourself all day. Yes, so I, I did. <laughs> I didn't drink for a couple of hours before the movie and then I, um, I did have some water there but I was taking little tiny sips just to wet my mouth mm-hmm. and then... Um, yeah, I was I was not leaving halfway through or at any point during Endgame. The second time, it was fine. I could get up and go pee. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So I was mentioning before that I got um, Apple TV. Um, you did. Mm, because there is a few things on there that I've been wanting to watch, one of them being Ted Lasso, which, by the way, is pretty much as good as everybody else says it is. Is it? Oh, I know. Do you know, I'm, I'm just so reluctant to get another streaming service, but I really, really want to watch this series. To be honest, it's taken me a few episodes to get into mm. it and I think it's because I'm a little bit like, oh, these guys, some of them, some of the men in this um, TV series 
are horrible human beings. So it's just like, um, you know, male toxic masculinity makes me want to vomit. And then I also think some of the female roles in there are not very strong, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they get stronger. I've only watched four episodes so far, but um, I am enjoying it. This is Ted Lasso. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the, 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 the toxic masculinity you're talking about there is obviously not uh, the lead character in Ted Lasso. It's more the no. the, the football players that are yeah. um, that are yeah, he's surrounded by. And also Rupert. Yeah. Which one's Rupert? Rupert is um, the ex-husband. Yeah, played by um, uh, Andrew Andrew, uh, Andrew Anthony, Head. Anthony, Anthony Head. Anthony Head. Yeah. From, uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, and other things as well. Whose character name was also Rupert yeah. in Buffy. Um, but yeah, I just I'm finding myself actually swearing at the TV. Um, Isn't it funny when you see a character you so beloved in another show, and now you see that same actor and you just hate them? I've seen him in other stuff where he's played the, a villainish mm, type mm. of character, so I'm sort of used to it now. Um, but I did swear at him while he was on screen, um, and also the the young twenty three year old oh, I can't even remember his name. Um, but Keely Jones's boyfriend, mm. uh, what's his name? He's like the main dude, not the main dude, but he's the star football player. Right. Anyway, he's horrible, mm. misogynistic, disgusting, revolting, and I have sworn at my TV because of him. <laughs> but anyway. But don't we need to see these horrible people to know not to be these horrible people? You do. Mm. You do. Um, but, yeah, some some gross stuff. But that was the main reason I got ITV, uh, Apple <laughs> TV. Um, and the... The thing that I have just seen the other night is a film called Cherry. Now, this is um, uh, directed by the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's also partly um, the screenplay is based on a novel by Nico Walker, who is a Afghanistan um, uh, war veteran, mm-hmm. I guess you would say, Um so, who suffered from PST, uh, PS, uh, PTSD? Thank you very much. PTSD. Post traumatic stress disorder. That's yeah. right. So, it's a, it's a really hard film to get into. Uh, I'll give you a very brief overview. Um, so, Cherry is played by Tom Holland. This is actually not really his name. It's. Um, He's never given a name through the whole movie to the point where when he's a soldier and everybody's got their surname on their clothes, he just has soldier. Um, so when Nico Walker wrote this novel, he sort of used the the name of Cherry to be kind of to work through his own issues, I think. So um, so it's not really his name but it's, it's what we're going by. Um but he's a bit of a college dropout and he but he finds the love of his life Emily played by Chiara Bravo and um then she turns around and said I'm I'm going to school in Montreal and because of that he decides to join the army and this is in 2007 so apologies it's um the Iraq, um, not Afghanistan. So he becomes a medic in the army and obviously you see some really horrific things or he saw some really horrific things. And when he comes back, he is suffering from PTSD and he deals with that by using drugs. And then he, um, he, cause, uh, Tom, uh, sorry, Cherry and Emily get married before they go, before he goes to, um, the army. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
yeah, she she ends up falling into the drug addiction herself and then he starts robbing banks. So a lot of this is kind of in the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away there. Um, but his, his life basically spirals out of control because um, of the trauma that he suffered through through being in Iraq. And the first, it, it's a very slow-moving and oddly-paced film. There's um, Tom Holland is doing the narration mm. of the film. He's also breaking the fourth wall by talking directly to you. And you don't, it starts sort of at the end of the film and then it goes back and goes through what's happened to get him where he is. And so you sort of don't quite understand what's going on. And it also tells it in chapters like this is his college days, this is his army days, this is after army. And, yeah, so it's kind of told in chapters. And the first 30 minutes I was like, what am I doing watching this? This is too, this is just boring. And I understand Tom Holland wants to do different things and get away from Spider-Man, but I just don't know if I can sit through this. Um, But as it went on, I found myself getting pulled into it and because initially he's he's kind of not a likeable character really Um, and he remains kind of unlikable for the majority of the film but towards the end because of the trauma he's experienced you sort of understand why he would go down the path that he goes and even though when he's doing all of the drugs and everything you kind of still angry with him that he's chosen this life but I I did towards the end actually feel sympathy for him. It took a long time, mm-hmm. um, which is a credit to Tom Holland because he's probably one of the most likeable men who exist in the world. So, um, and my memories of him are uh, very lovely. Mm. So it's a credit to himself that he he's pushed this far and he's fantastic in this film. Um, Chiara Bru- uh, Brava, sorry, Bravo, who plays Emily, also fantastic in this role. Um, you've also got Jack Rayner, who is very um, well-known. You would, If you saw his face, you'd know exactly who he was. He plays a character called Pills and Coke. That's, <laughs> that's his name. Um, so you've got a few really great character actors filtered through the whole movie. Um it depicts war in the war in Iraq in a very um, realistic, like I wasn't there obviously, but it, it seems to be a very realistic um, portrayal of what would happen and what a medic would experience. Um, part of it is very, very in your face and the drug taking is also very, very in your face. It's the first R-rated film that the Russo brothers has, have made mm-hmm. and it's so far away from everything else that they've done um, that it actually blows my mind that it's the same directors because it's so, so different. The way it's structured is so different. The way it's directed is the pace is just everything is so foreign that if you didn't know it was the Russo brothers, there's no way you'd be able to, you'd think it was like a Lars von Trier film or something. <laughs> it's just so out of left field for them. Um, I, I'm i not going to say I enjoyed it <laughs> because there's no way you can enjoy this film. It, I experienced mm-hmm. it and I think it is very well made, very well acted um, and... Yeah, I'm just very proud of Tom Holland. (laughs) He's done so well. Um, I'm going to give this four and a half um, dollar bills that have been defaced with writing. Interesting. Mm. I I like how it's not a signature Russo Brothers film because Mm. I think so many directors are – 
recognised by particular camera movements mm. or, you know, structure that, you know, for, you know, Quentin Tarantino, for example, is very recognisable. Mm. You, you, the or the Russo Coen brothers. brothers. Yeah, and, I mean, the Russo brothers are usually pretty recognisable. So I just wonder what makes them change their mind or, or yeah. go down a different path. I mean, I like that. I think that's that's good. You should be trying new things. But. I didn't actually do too much digging. Uh, I just watched the film mm. and experienced it as opposed to going down a rabbit hole mm. to figure yeah. stuff out because sometimes you do want to do that. You want to look at every single bit of trivia. But the, this one I just was like I, I didn't feel like I wanted to, not for any bad reason, mm. but just mm. I feel like the just movie speaks yeah. for itself. So... Yeah, that's um, on Apple TV. You can get it free for a week. Otherwise, Ooh. it's $7.99 a month. Speaking of um, breaking the fourth wall, I uh, discovered Fleabag, which I think you've seen, <gasps> haven't you, Lewis? Yeah, yeah. That's on Prime, isn't it? Pri- so, yeah. Amazon Prime, yes. yeah. And I'm so disappointed there's only two seasons. I really wish, because I know they've done the, the, the theatrical version was first, mm. and I know that they've screened that, uh, and I'm just, I want to see that. I want to see the, the, the theatrical version of oh, it. Oh, you didn't end up going to see it when it was no. at Luna? Oh, bugger. I mm. just, I love it. I, I think it's such a funky, is the word for me, funky show. It's, I enjoyed it. The first season... It's kind of like uh, it, it unwraps as the season goes on, uh, and then you you don't realise what's fully happened until you get to the end of the the season. Uh, but it was yeah, I think um, that uh, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is just such a is it Phoebe Waller Bridge or Bridge just Bridge? Oh, but yeah, she's there's such a, a singer yeah. with Bridger in their yeah. name as well. I get yeah. them confused. But she's such a good actress, like uh, you know, and yeah. In that kind of role where she is breaking the fourth wall, yeah. it's just a perfect cast for it. And I guess because she wrote it, it kind of <laughs> makes sense. It's it's very quirky. Mm. I love it. And I, I love when she is breaking the fourth wall. There's a moment where I don't even know if you could say this is breaking the fifth wall, but where the, someone notices her breaking mm. the fourth mm. wall and calls her out in it. He's like, yeah. what did you just do there? It's it's quite, quite yeah. funny. It's quite well, I'm glad I've got Prime because I have mm. been waiting to watch that for a really, really long time. And one of the things I reviewed on, on last week's show was coming to America, coming to Ameri- number two yeah. America. Two. Um, it's... If, just take your brain out and enjoy it. Don't don't break it to pieces. It's in, a bit of fun, guys. Well, I said a cat that uh, I, I wouldn't mind watching because I cannot remember the original Coming to yep. America, but I'd like to watch the original one and then watch the new one just mm. to see how things have changed over, must be about two decades, I would say. 30 years. 30 <gasps> years. Wowza. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's 30 years. I think you could be right. Mm. Interesting. It's a heck of a long time. But what a good way to discover them, though, mm. to watch one after another. I don't. I can't actually recall ever seeing the first <gasps> one, to be honest. 1988, so just over 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, look, there's, it's obvious. The jokes are obvious. Um, but almost everyone's come back apart from the lady who played his mum because she passed away in 1995. Um but I had a lot of laugh out loud moments and you got to just accept what it is. Like mm, mm. it's never going to ha- be as good as the first one. But like Bill and Ted's um, Face the Music, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of had enough elements of the first one to make it enjoyable and I think it was actually better than the Bill and Ted's. I think it held up a little bit better than the um, Bill and Ted's one. I would I would advise going to, and watching it and just don't have high expectations of it being some kind of perfect thing. Just enjoy mm. the nostalgia of it, you know? Love it. Plus, Leslie Jones is in it. Oh, yeah. 
I freaking have a, a I'm, I've got a lady boner for her, honestly. <laughs> She's so freaking hilarious. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on, we've got two films left to talk about tonight. Uh, shall I take Crisis and then we'll talk about French Exit yeah, last before yep. we French Exit? Although I think there's still some uh, oh, other stuff that uh, Rach has to talk about as well. So Crisis takes us into the world of uh, opioid addiction in the US, which is a huge problem. The, the dependence on opioids is just phenomenal and these pharmaceutical companies just kind of keep on flooding the market with new drugs all the time. So it's told using several different storylines which kind of interwine. Uh, you've got Jake played by uh, Army Hammer who isn't too popular at the moment, which we discussed mm. a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, he <laughs> he plays a uh, DEA agent who is leading an investigation to bring down a fentanyl smuggling operation. Meanwhile, you've got the story of a former addict, Claire, played by uh, Evan Glean. Oh, I can never say her name properly. Evangeline Lily. Lily. Yes. I was like, ah, oh, just go, yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Liz. <laughs> uh, she suffers a tragic loss. Uh, and then you've also got scientist Dr. Tyrone Bauer, played by Gary Oldman. So he's in charge of testing a new type of opioid that is being marketed as non-addictive. So those are the, the three main storylines that interwine and kind of meet at a crossroads. There is a, a connection mm -hmm. there. So, you know, it's not an award-winning film, but I do quite enjoy films that have those multiple storylines and meet up and you kind of piecing the bits together as the film progresses and you're like you know they're going to meet at some point and you're like how's this going to work and you know how does this person know this person and and all of that so you know it's an interesting film it does make you think a little bit about the the crisis out there and you know it's interesting to me that pharmaceutical companies are not investing in antibiotics because of antibiotic resistance in the US but they're flooding the market and spending millions of dollars on on drugs that are addictive. Mm. So it's so mm. bizarre. Like um, cherry covers off a little bit of it's oxy oxycodone. Yeah, that stuff. Oxycontin. Maybe. Oxycontin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it covers off a little bit of that thing because the, he starts that and then he goes to heroin. Mm. Um, and some people start it with heroin and then go to oxycontin. Anyway, so mm. oxys. Um, but it's such a bizarre concept for us. You, like the three of us sitting here, we can't even pronounce it properly, the, mm. the drug, and there would be heaps of drugs we've got no idea about because we wait to have that discussion with our doctor as opposed to pharma uh, pharmaceutical companies in America that advertise stuff on the TV and, yeah, so, yeah, people go it's to the crazy. so people go to the doctor and say, I'd like OxyContin, please. Yeah, or they, figure they, they shop as well. They yeah. shop around to different doctors. And, yeah, it's just bizarre. And I think there was something like 2 million deaths in like a year or something just mm. from uh, – don't quote me on that, but it's in the millions on, on deaths. It's a serious, mm. serious problem in America. Mm. Really bad. So, yeah, and people just shopping around and I think – Yeah, because yeah, part of that story that you've got um, is a smuggler story, mm. right, because they're coming from Canada and yes. bringing the stuff over because yep. I watched a film last year, I think it was, or the year before that had a similar story to it where somebody was – had 
they couldn't afford their cancer medication. So basically <gasps> they're going over to um, yeah. across to Canada to get the medication for their for their dying mum. I can't remember the chick's Two name. Two females in that film, Anna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, that was a Tessa Thompson film. Mm. It's Yeah, it's a serious issue. I... I Sorry to get on a tangent here, but I was talking to my friend Ryan on the weekend who's in Colorado and, you know, we were talking about this issue and the fact that, you know, if you've got a medical problem in America, you can't just go to the doctor and get a prescription because it costs money to go and Mm. see a doctor and then the prescription costs money and if you don't have health insurance, not much of it's covered. And like my friend Chad had an emergency appendectomy and still had to pay $7,000 for it. What? Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so it puts people in medical debt to the point where they just end up on the streets Mm. because Mm. they can't afford. It's just, anyway, America blows my mind with how ridiculous it is, and I feel sorry for everyone who lives there. Yeah, it seems to, America seems to want to make uh, all of its uh, students poor because mm. student debt's ridiculous, mm-hmm. make everyone poor because they can't afford their medical bills, and then it's just like, yeah, then they have a you know, government gets voted in where they want to help people and people are like, no, we don't want that government in. It's kind of like, seriously, guys, you need this government in, otherwise you're going to die. So yeah. it's, very, it's a very strange place. But... Um, yeah, it's very, very, very weird. Actually, did you hear Elizabeth Banks is making a movie? The next movie Elizabeth Banks is making is uh, it's called um, I think it's is it Cocaine Bear? Yes, um, about but, a bear on cocaine. Well, it's about it's about a bear. There was a, a drug drug dealer. He was actually a like um, a DEA agent, I think, and then he turned to become a drug uh, trafficker. And he was flying over this area, and uh, <laughs> right. he lost the the cocaine. <laughs> And a bear found the cocaine and a bear ate all the cocaine. And had a great night. Had a massive overdose and died. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Not a great night. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, um, so the, but the people of the town, when they found him, it was like they found out how he died and stuff like that. Uh, they, they stuffed him and now he's called Pablo Escobar. Oh, uh, that is so. Apparently the, the drug dealer actually fell out of the plane as well. And, oh. and so he like died so he had a drug dealer dead in someone's driveway and then no one stuffed him and don't think so <laughs> no uh, he was stuffed when he hit the driveway i think <laughs> um but uh this is why we need all three of us here <laughs> but yeah so but i'm looking forward to that it's but I, I can't believe it because i was listening to um uh kevin smith's uh show uh fat man beyond mm. actually last uh not last week's episode actually no listen to last <laughs> week's episode and the episode before because the episode before they spoke to the director from uh wandavision the guy who directed <laughs> all nine episodes and it was really interesting to to like here where his background because he was a he's a uh, former child actor who was in sitcoms mm. and now uh, then, then he's like directed game of thrones always sunny in philadelphia and then he got brought on to, to direct all nine episodes of wandavision which is not really heard of directors generally mm. do not do all episodes of a show no so so watch that one and then the following week they had the guy who did uh, who's involved with doing designs for marvel cinematic universe stuff who designed like wanda's uh, costume so, yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're interested in WandaVision uh, and Marvel stuff, the last episodes of, uh, um, last episodes of Fat Man uh, Beyond, I would re- <laughs> highly recommend it. Um, now, why not I was going, oh, yeah, because they, they were talking about the thing and they, they were saying they should have called the movie Pablo Escobar because yeah. that would have been a better name than Cocaine Bear. Yeah, and I think you'd probably, oh, I don't know, I mean, 
you'd probably get a lot more people going, what is this? But yeah. either way, I think, you know, Elizabeth Banks, we've seen her direct before, uh, Pitch Perfect 2 or 3, was it? 3? Wasn't it all of them? She first one, definitely. Anyway, yeah. we know anyway. she's great. She's we know she's great. So yeah. she'll, she'll be fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to crisis. Crisis. Sorry. Yeah, so it's a massive crisis. Uh, anyway, um, enjoyable. I mean, not an award-winning film, but, you know, an okay film. So I'm going to score it to two and a half pills. I know that's very original. <laughs> I just couldn't think of anything. Anyway. We did go off on uh, quite on. a few tangents there. So French <laughs> exit. Michelle Pfeiffer and... Um, Lucas, oh, Hodges. Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges. Give him an Oscar. Please. Oh, dear. Um, French Exit. Lewis, you're the only one who saw this film. Did you know? Saw I did see it, yes. Yeah. Okay, yep. you both saw this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just saw it closer because Cecilia was in the back of the room. I sat yeah. in the back. Because just in case you got call, a call for work. So. Uh, yes. Um, okay, so French Exit. You have uh, Francis Price played by Michelle Pfeiffer and Lucas Hedges played by Malcolm – sorry – Malcolm Price played by Lucas Hedges, um, and they, uh, they they've got they're a mother and son, and they've got a weird uh, relationship, like a very close relationship. But they didn't have a close relationship until he was probably about what thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, I reckon. And yeah. she pulls him out of school, and then like he goes and lives with her, um, and her husband. Like when we really meet um, meet her. Her husband has been dead for a while. And I don't understand quite... They never really explain what happens to the money. But yes. the money is gone. <laughs> so she's like living one of these lavish New York kind of lifestyles, like really nice house and all the nice clothes and jewellery and dining out and all this kind of stuff. But apparently the, the money just disappeared. And so she has, you know, next to nothing. And uh, so one of her friends, um, you know, to give you an idea of the kind of people she associated with, said, why don't you just go to Paris and you can live in my apartment in Paris because I'm never there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fine, Richie, that's all good. Uh, and so, yeah, so she um, sells off everything that she has basically just to get as much cash as possible. Uh, and then her and her son, uh, you know, bought a boat for some reason. Did you, what time frame did you think this movie was made in? Because I was always like going, is, is it, it the 60s? I don't know. It's one of those films where it's really difficult to tell because there's not a lot of um, – there's no cell phone right. use, for example. But then because they're wearing kind of socialite Harris kind of clothing, mm. it is hard to tell because it could be in the 80s. But It's it like could Royal be. Tenenbaums where – Yeah, I think because it's a surreal comedy as well, it doesn't really mm. have any logic there too. So I think – I don't know, but I love the fact that they boarded a boat. Yeah, they, they bought a boat to go from from uh, uh, New York to, Fran to Paris. And uh, it was um, in interesting like, you know, Thing like uh, um, Malcolm meets this girl who is a like a mind reader kind of uh, soothsayer person, uh, and then they you know get to uh, get to Paris, and then there's all these you know weird things happening. And like for a person who's got no money, and she's only got this this limited amount of money that she's got, which for anyone else would be a lot of money, mm. but for her, she's like you know tipping people in hundreds of dollars and stuff like that, and she's just burning through this money, and you're going, what the hell is going on here? And so it's a very um, weird kind of movie as I said so it's kind of got comedic moments but it's not really a comedy um, and 
they they meet all these different uh, kind of characters on the on the way through. Like they have a, a private detective, uh, this woman who happens to live in in Paris but was from New York as well, and mm-hmm. you know just wants to meet her and be her friend. Um, you've got uh, the fiance um, of uh, Malcolm coming to town as well with her fiance. It was all very <laughs> weird. Uh, so it's a, just a weird kind of film. But I, I, I must admit, I was kind of expecting a bit more. Like I was just hoping for more. Uh, what did you think about? I think it ticks all the boxes for what what you would call an absurdist comedy or a surreal comedy mm. in that the characters find themselves in these kind of nonsensical moments because that's kind of the definition of those films. So I think if you're prepared to go and see a surreal comedy, a bit like, you know, Birdman or, you know, Wes Anderson's film with less colour mm. because it is more bleak, I think you might enjoy it. I quite enjoy those films. I, I was expecting more, definitely. I didn't think that this was a surreal comedy. I thought it was more marketed as a black comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy some of the moments in this film. I have to admit, I do enjoy those nonsensical scenes where thing, bizarre things just happen. You know, I love the, the cat, for <laughs> example. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer's convinced that her, you know, husband's the re carnation in this cat and you know things like that and just I loved the, the scenes on the boat mm. uh, getting the cat from New York to, to France was quite funny so I quite enjoy I think I loved Michelle Pfeiffer in this film too I loved the acting I, I quite enjoyed it I think it plays out a lot like a stage play yeah as yeah, well I, mm-hmm. I think that's what it feels like and it's actually based on uh, a book apparently, by Patrick D. Witt, who also wrote the the screenplay. So, interesting. But, yeah, I did expect a little bit more from this film or perhaps if it was a little bit more, you know, um, light-hearted. It was quite dark in some of those scenes. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, keeps kind of bringing up this idea that, you know, once the money runs out, that's that's it. There's nothing left for her anymore. She should probably stop tipping $100 bills then. Yeah, but then you almost get the, the feeling she's doing it on purpose because she... She she's got a plan, you know. For the you know, mm. it's quite it's quite an interesting film. It's a very it's a very interesting it's interesting but strange and mm. like I'm not sure if it's the kind of film I'll go back and, and rewatch, but uh, I, I did enjoy watching it the, the one time. So um, yeah, with with this one, I, I'm going to give it uh, um, four sedatives. No, 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 th- three sedatives. <laughs> three, yeah, sedatives. three sedatives. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to score it three and a half martinis. <laughs> Does nice. she have martinis mainly or what's her main drink that she's got there? There was a lot of champagne. champagne. There, there was martinis as well. Though. There was yeah, a there martini was, yeah. at some point. There, there was lots of there was several, I think. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I could, have, could have scored it uh, um, for cold things in the fridge. Oh, that was hilarious, <laughs> that scene. I love Lucas Hedges yeah. and Malcolm. Like Malcolm, he goes up, he's like, go check out the freezer. Go check, just go, just go. Oh, it's quite funny. We'll have to tell you off air because it's a bit dirty for Oh, goodness. On air. I'm looking forward to it. I'm already starting to have ideas about what it could possibly be. <laughs> You'll have to guess. <laughs> I won't guess on air because it'll be dirty. Um, so with Apple TV, mm. there's another TV series on there that I think you should watch and that's Little America. Right. I don't know if you've seen this um, at all, but it's I talked about it on last week's show, but um, I've since watched a couple more episodes. It's really, really good and it's um, produced by uh, 
Kamal Ninjani and his wife Emily and it's based on true stories. Every episode, it's like an anthology, so every episode is um, a different character with a different story. Love an anthology. um, And it's based on real people. So um, the first one is uh, an Indian family. The second one um, is, uh, uh, I'm actually not sure where they're from, to be honest, but like um, Colombia or something like that, I forget. Um, And the third one is Nigerian. It's just, and it looks at what their life was like when they moved to America. And it's very, very very well done. Um, there's comedic moments as long as well as dramatic moments. And every episode so far uh, has left me wanting more. Like, uh, can't they just make a movie out of every oh. single one of these stories? Because every single one of them is so compelling. Um, so that's another thing that, you know, you guys should probably watch. And um, we're coming to the end of the show. So I'm sure you've got a song um, queued up there. But I just want to quickly mention that Luna Leadable has got Monday doubles happening still. Um, and this Monday is Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. They've got Studio Ghibli coming up. They've got Aliens and Aliens no, Alien and Aliens. they got Fargo and Thelma and Louise. There's there's heaps of really good stuff coming up at David Lynch, David Lynch night. So, um, yeah, have a look for that. Movies always start at 6.30, little intermission. And then just quickly, finally, uh, Life of Brian, um, Sunday, Easter Sunday, of course, uh, the 4th, uh, they are showing Life of Brian. They'll be chucking out chocolate eggs and all that sort of stuff. Um, so... Get your tickets because it'll probably sell out because it's Monty Python. So, yeah. Mm. And um, there is another thing showing uh, in a couple of weeks' time, Easter in art. If you like art, if you like Catholicism, I advise you watch it. If you hate Catholicism, like myself, (laughs) the art is not worth sitting through. But anyway. Mm. Anyway. (laughs) There's lots on. Pick something. There's stuff. There's stuff happening. Go Go see stuff. Excellent. Well, that pretty much. Oh, we've got about a minute or two. Should we keep talking, or should we end on a? Should we end on this high that we're on at the moment? Mm. I feel like the decision is up to me. <laughs> well, there's plenty of films coming out. <laughs> I, 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 How I, comfortable are you with do that? Do you know what? I would like to give listeners a taste of what's coming up in terms of films. Uh, right, you've got going forty-five forward. seconds so, to go. In the next month, we've got The Father, Tom and Jerry, Peter Rabbit 2, The The Painter and the Thief, (laughs) The Last for Mia. Uh, That's all I've got. Well, that was just not as good as we were expecting. There's some pretty exciting films in there. The Father's got Anthony Hopkins. There's films films coming out, is my point. Yeah, Tom and Jerry, Peter Rabbit. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Oh, my, my God. Point, yeah. I'm going to see both. Actually, I didn't realise about Tom and Jerry and I RSVP'd at the beginning of the show and got in. So, woohoo! Yeah. I'm going to endeavour to go to both, but depending on how Even much. I, the parent uh, in this group here, um, I said yes to only one of them and I feel like I've said yes to the wrong one, but knowing my personal um, dislikes of talking animals. <laughs> but we'll see. Both the bo- bad options for you then. It's both like talking animals. In both of them, so it's um, it's a lose. You have lose. a kid now, so you have to deal with talking animals. Tom and Jerry don't talk. Oh yeah, they don't. But no. Do you reckon they will in this film? I don't know. That's gonna be interesting to see. Well, we'll mm. leave it there. So viewers, we'll wow. have to uh, listeners. Sorry, we'll have to uh, tune back in to find out. 
Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture. <laughs>